0: This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel described it best. We are living the whole of the Auburn experience in good times and bad times, high expectation times, frustratingly low expectation times, times that don't seem to end. There's no light that seems to be at the end of the tunnel, but then we remember that this is the Auburn roller coaster ride. This is the Auburn experience. It encompasses sports, culture, and of course the auburn family and because it encompasses the auburn family got to have an auburn family member here to co-host alongside me I'm your host Kyle back in the saddle after a little bit of a hiatus for both of us Mr. Austin Scott welcome back to the show
1: Thank you Kyle Warrigal to you sir uh, it has been a minute but it's good to hear you and see you and uh, glad to be back in the saddle with uh, all our friends
0: we got plenty to talk about Plans. and uh, it's going to be football heavy folks. It is. And rightfully so. I think there's a lot of assessing that needs to happen. And that's just the nature of the beast when we've missed the last two weeks. Again, for those of you that may not be aware, I've had a bunch of good personal stuff going on that we'll talk about many, many moons from now, but that's been kind of, I won't say holding me back because it's definitely not holding me back. It's good stuff. But uh, Austin was a little bit under the weather last week and tried to power through. And uh, (laughs) between me and his wife, continuing to question whether he was able to, we finally convinced him it probably wasn't in his best interest. So don't ever question Austin Scott's commitment to you guys because we had to force him out of seat number two last week. So we appreciate your commitment, Austin.
1: Uh, just always listen to your wife. I mean, I think that goes far and above whether you're not used you to do a podcast, but, um, yeah, it was, it would have sounded really bad. And our listeners would have been like, oh my gosh, we need to buy Austin some new microphone equipment. Cause he sounds like he's been smoking two packs a day. Um, uh, but I'm back. What I happened sound okay. That? I hope. And so, uh, we'll just see. And I think we might have lost Kyle, uh, with some internet issues, there we are. There you are. You back? We
0: are we are back. We're back. We're gonna okay we'll power through. <laughs> this is the great thing about watching a live show. Is you that see it all. <laughs> you see how the sausage is man. So yes, never count out Austin Scott, his commitment to this show, and we appreciate your service, sir. Uh, but we have just gotta jump into things here. I mean, we have I I feel like we can go a thousand different ways with this. I, we have things that we want to talk about from Cal. We have things that we want to talk about from homecoming weekend, and that's probably yep. one of the few good things of the last two yeah. weeks to really dive into. But we got to assess this team as a whole after SEC play. So if you guys will indulge us for a little bit, I know you're eager to hear our thoughts about last weekend. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back to Auburn's on the road to California, of all places, the very first time. Uh, can I just give the Auburn family a humongous shout-out? Again, Mm -hmm. I don't know why we act like this is shocking. They continue to show up on the road, but it's not just on the road. It's in Berkeley, California, of all places. Seemed like there was a huge contingency of, you know, comparatively, of course, you know, it's their stadium. You you know, you understand that that you're never going to win that battle. But I think we continue to show as an Auburn family. That was my impression, at least, Austin, that we did a great job showing
1: out. Oh, absolutely, and you always see when, when these kind of things happen, the first taste of it, of when you know Auburn's taken over somewhere, is is Tiger Walk, right? Uh, with The visiting Tiger Walk that's kind of this makeshift setup, It's word of mouth on where it's going to be, and what time you need to be there, and the, the swarm of orange and blue just shows up. Uh, and I think that's when we all started to really see, at least on social media and things, that Auburn was going to have a heavy contingency out there uh, to no one's surprise. I think my favorite quote I saw was there was a, a University of Cal or Cal University, whatever yeah. the university is, their <laughs> own security out there asked an Auburn fan, is this happen everywhere? Because we've never seen something like this. And they was like, yes, this is what happens everywhere. Uh, and he just love, how can you not love that kind of thing? because um, that is what we've come to do and are come accustomed to is that Auburn fans travel you and I talk about it all the time it doesn't matter what sport doesn't matter what bowl game or what NCAA tournament site you're going to get a heavy contingency of Auburn people no matter where and so that was awesome to see um, it was great to have them there the way the game ended up going um, Auburn needed you know any, any ounce of uh, orange and blue love they could get, and uh, they didn't. It, it, was, it ended up being a happy trip for a lot of folks.
0: And it was a late night for us late. over here on the East Coast. Uh, for me, for other reasons, uh, but I was obviously trying to keep track of what was going on with that game. Um, I, I will tell you this. I anticipated us going down to the wire with Cal just because of the sheer nature of new team, new regime, new foundation being laid and the stressors that can come with trying to adjust to travel schedules, to new, how you warm up, how you prepare, get ready for a game on the road of that type of situation. I did not think it would be maybe that like that squeaker of a win at the end, but thankfully what we're talking about that game and pretty much the last two games as well is how surprisingly Auburn's defense has been its strongest point thus far, where there was a lot of people that were excited about having Hugh, having uh, Philip Montgomery come in. Ron Roberts' is, and his defense, for a lot of reasons, has been showing out. I and mean, that's kind of what I walked away with, mm. definitely the last two weeks, but in the Cal game, too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, that game was a Eugene Asante game. It, he was everywhere for Auburn. Let's work. Um, let's work. And, uh, you know, I think a big part of this defense was they've lost a lot of talent with a new scheme coming in, new defensive coordinator coming in. This could be the weak point for Auburn going into the year. You and I talked about that a lot, that that's what it appeared to be. And it's been the opposite, as you said. And So, um, it's good to see. It's definitely going to be um, – beneficial now that we've kind of got a small sample size of what auburn might look like this year um, and so thankfully that defense has has figured out kind of where their playmakers are and where their strengths are and they're just utilizing them i love that they're going after the quarterback they're you know blitzes are heavy in this pack in this for this group uh, and it needs to be with what the personnel is so um, i've been really impressed with ron roberts and and i hope we see more of that now that we're getting into SEC play can we
0: also point out that in terms of creating extra opportunities for your team, especially for your offense, we talked a lot about it last year in the final year of Brian Harson. How long did it take us to get a turnover in the season? Wasn't it like it, yeah. it was maybe six games into the season? No, maybe actually it was the fourth game, the Missouri game, with that goal line situation that happened oh, where yeah, they f- where they fumbled but still we have more than we had at that point already just in game two. Like it was just crazy to th- see the night and day difference of a defense under Ron Roberts versus, and, you know, look, I think Jeff Schmetting, um, the DC who took over for uh, help me, who was the one before that?
1: Um, I'm
0: on Island here. I'm sinking.
1: <laughs> you know, yep. well, I, Schmetting, he wasn't that bad. Well, no. In my- yeah. And he, he's, I can't remember. It was a weird situation. There were so many of them coming in and out, um, but he, you know, he was dealt a, a rough hand. I think yeah. is what you were probably getting at.
0: Yes, that's basically what I was getting at. So it's just one of those things where the night and day difference happening on defense is pretty interesting. And we we knew that we had a great defensive back group. We knew we had some great veterans, uh, even with some injuries. But what we're finding out is some of that young talent, Kay and Lee, for example is really, really strong and able to help the Tigers in a situation where they continue to take more injuries. So in my eyes, the strength is the defense, but what we're continuing to learn is even starting back at that cow game is, uh, duh, the defensive back group is really, really strong.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And that that game would prove to see Jalen Simpson have his second interception. We'll get to the Sanford game in a minute. He would get another one. Um, and so, yeah, like as you that's a good contrast between last year with regards specifically to turnovers, but this this team is is making those opportunities more, which as we'll probably get into that this offense is gonna need se- many more opportunities uh, than probably just usual. so and uh, <laughs> I think Kyle's gonna be coming back here again soon, so we'll probably pick up right there uh, talking about the defense.
0: It's going to be one of those nights, folks. We're running about I, as well as the Auburn offense is right now.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for you to go back and watch and see when I realize and me just starting to ramble because I'm filling time with our, our people. But you'll, you'll see it in a minute. Hey,
0: I, I think I'm just going to keep this point in. I think I'm going to keep it at this point, not even edit the second one in just for the hilarity of it all. So just to kind of try to get to the end of this segment for the cow portion of the game, I think we found – you know things that we were very frustrated by that would continue over into the next you know couple of weeks which we'll break down here in just a bit uh but i i walked away you know not being super frustrated by the fact that we went to a very difficult situation and, yep. and still got out of there with a win was it an impressive win will, will that be something that we look back in years to come and go hey wow look remember that cow game that was we stood up no it won't be but I, I walk away from this being happy the way we represented as a, as a fan base showing out there. And, and much like with the Penn State game uh, a couple of years ago where we were excited to have them back or have them on our side, I, I hope Cal fans will come to us and experience why we're so fervent of a team, of a fan base.
1: Yeah, no, and that, that'll be a good return trip. I, I think it, it feels a little different, and this is probably more just personal bias because I, I went to Penn State, I did not go to Cal, that I feel like it won't be as sentimental um, just probably because it's so foreign. Um, But I mean, next year, that's a, that's also an ACC matchup (laughs) starting next year. So, um, which is bizarre. It's just, (laughs) just bizarre that next year, like we're going to play the same school back to back years, less than a year apart. And they'll be in different conferences. That's the state of college football right now, I guess. (laughs) I mean, think about
0: that. Auburn has concluded play with the Pac-12 as of this year.
1: Yeah. Unless we get somebody in a bowl game. Uh, That's um, true. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, hold on down. (laughs) This is not count our chickens before we hat here. What we do know is that we played Cal for the first time as a Pac-12 opponent. We will play them for the second time (laughs) as a difference conference, even if they still make it into the ACC at this point nobody really knows exactly what's going to happen but let's put that one in the in the books because i know there's more pressing matters to get to and we'll talk about game two next Homecoming is always a special time. And even in the midst of some frustrations right now with how offenses may or may not be performing, how, you know, whatever your frustration is at this point, because we're recapping basically two to three weeks, it's being out. I always value and love coming home for homecoming, whether it's the parade whether it's everybody in the stadium together, arm in arm, singing the alma mater, whether it's a ginormous plane nearly hitting your jumbotron mm. uh, because you got to do things. if you go as my friend Jameis Winston's once said, if you go and do it big, do it big. Then I probably misquoted that, but it's close enough because it's <laughs> that, was a, that was a weird quote he had that day.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> homecoming is extra special, and I love it every single year. And I I, I feel like you and I, I think on the same wavelength there.
1: We do, yeah. I mean, homecoming special, um, it's always ends up being just a, a full day of a lot of things that going on. It was a night game for Auburn. Um, so it was truly a start to finish day of a whole bunch of activities. Um, you know, there's I, my, one of my favorite parts is always looking at the homecoming floats on the concourse and seeing who, who did it last minute and who, you know, put the work in. There's always the, the one. The, there's always one. Uh, and they looked good this year it's it's fun for me even though i don't even know these girls anymore to see who's homecoming queen to see the signs around around campus and the town um and so it's it's just a uh, you know at its core a very college thing to have homecoming um, and so it, it's very special for me this year is extra special yeah my boys my boys went to their first sovereign game um, mm. and we we made it a a whole half which is a whole half more than we were expecting to make it. Um, so we uh, – it was a full day. We had some friends of ours that um, – our dear friends we met at Auburn who also have a couple kids now. Um, and we're planning on coming to this game, and we all decided, but you know what, we're crazy, but let's just do it. Let's see how it goes. We'll take – we're taking them in. And uh, it, it surprisingly went okay. Uh, we, we spent a lot of the time in the student center. Um, to, to feed and to hang out before going in. Um, my friend's oldest is about almost two years old and absolutely obsessed with Aubie. So they went to see Aubie at Tiger Walk and got a little bit of a glimpse at him, but then we went to you know his corner in the student center and I think we could have left that kid there all day and come back and after the game and he would have been there. Um, but just a special time. My friend Corey and I, he has a six, seven week old who also went, we ended up just, I have one who's a little more – what's the word here without me getting in trouble? I have one who's a little more um, needy of uh, touch and needs to be held a little bit more and not as self-content. Me and him and Corey and his daughter, uh, we just did laps around the stadium, around the the bowl of the stadium uh, for a good quarter and a half. And i tell you what, it was a lot of fun. I got vantage points I've never gotten at the stadium. Um, I got to talk to a lot of friends I hadn't seen in a while that I just happened to see, and we got a lot of looks of two guys walking around the stadium with the baby on on the front. Um, but it was really cool, and it was a it was something I'm never going to forget. We called it quits at halftime, which is as good as I could hope for. And um, But, yeah, homecoming had a special meaning for, for me and Emily this year, that's for sure.
0: You're talking about different vantage points. I, I will mention this. Um, I already kind of dropped the hint that I, you know, listening to the alma mater, all of us, those of it that know it, and it's a good portion of us that know it in the stadium, especially for homecoming, uh, mm. singing that. I was, ironically, I just thought because it was somewhat easy to do at that point in the game, I was going to walk up to the very top of the stadium. I, I sit in the upper deck with my season tickets. And frankly, I don't think I've ever been all the way to the top. As poor as I am, I don't think I've had that you know bad of seats up there. But I went up there just to kind of get a wide shot of everything. And luckily, it was right in time for the alma mater song. And I got you can find it on our Facebook page. I think it's on most of our social media, and it's gone pretty much viral there. But all the stadium swaying and singing together, you're just one of those moments where my little cheesy heart that's gotten <laughs> extra soft for personal reasons of late just like hit me, and I'm like, my gosh why does homecoming do this for me every single time i'm singing underneath the sun-kissed sky i'm gonna start tearing up right now <laughs> <laughs> it's special
1: and, and and it's the you know homecoming always brings the alumni band oh so there's yes a, there's tons there's tons more instruments the The volume is amplified uh it's special it's special. you know what kyle though and you brought it up a minute ago i'm gonna try and steer you off so you don't get crying on our right right here on it's a good thing you weren't up at the very top when that jet flew over.
0: <laughs> I, I was close enough to where I was in the upper, upper deck. I believe you, it. It was, you know, we, here's the great thing about sitting in the upper deck. For moments like that, you see what's coming, right? So, we you know, we're all trying to be as respectful as we have with our hands over our hearts, sticking the national, but you're always looking like this. And of course, me as a content creator, I've got my phone ready just for moments like that. Luckily I did because off in the distance, you see not an eagle, not a, you know, <laughs> little prop plane, not even the little fighters yet. This just behemoth of oh, a yeah. monstrosity just starts coming. I'm like, that that's coming kind of, that's real low. That's that's lower than I feel comfortable with. Is that wing going to clip my neck? Like it's, <laughs> it, it, that thing comes through and just, I mean, it obviously had plenty of clearance. They oh, yeah. knew what they were doing, but from the vantage point of the ground, some of the shots I saw, Whoa, that thing came a lot closer than people thought that that it would to the jumbotron,
1: oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. and And you know, this was before we Corey and I decided to get up and walk around before we realized to just how tight our seats were going to be the person in front of us when you have a baby on your yep. chest. But that we you know, the boys had their earmuffs on and everything. That thing came over and Emily went, that thing is really close. That thing came over and, I mean, I have Brooks on me and Brooks just goes – he's just barely dozing off and he starts shaking. He's like, what in the world is that? So those little earmuffs are not um, jet fighter plane uh, proof when they're, you know, just 100 yards above you in the air.
0: The opponent for that game, Sanford, you have a connection to. Uh, several, several connections too. I know yeah. maybe in some small corner of your heart, it pains you a little bit just to see us do it like that to Sanford. Yeah. You know, I, you're, you're Auburn through and through. I'm not questioning this, but I, you know, listen, you got connections that I can understand if there might've been just a little corner that just said, I kind of feel bad for them, but uh, they got they got a good paycheck.
1: They got a good paycheck. It's we're several years removed from, uh, my time working there for those that don't know. Um, but, you know, it's Sanford. I love that we play in-state schools. I always have. Some other people in the state decide not to. Um, for whatever reason, they decide to spend their money elsewhere. Mm. Um, and it ends up paying, kicking them in back in the butt, and they have to go to South Florida for some years. <laughs> but all in all, you know, I have I have family members that have gone to Sanford. I have two cousins that are at Sanford right now. Um, it's a special school. But Auburn did what they needed to do, mm. and it was no surprise to me what the outcome of the score ended up being. Um, so good for them and good for Sanford and all in all a great homecoming for sure. Right.
0: And we'll use this as maybe the last part of discussing homecoming because it'll be a great juxtaposition to what we're going to discuss in the final segment of assessing this team after first sec play. But Peyton Thorne had a great night, uh, against Sanford. You might say, yeah, it was against Sanford. You might say, uh, you know, it's homecoming who cares, But you can't take that away from the dude straight up balled out and was the only reason we had an off – not the only reason, uh, but a a big reason, channeling Cameron Newton, being the leading rusher, leading passer, obviously, and dropping a few dimes. Was was he perfect by any stretch of imagination? No. Had two interceptions. One you could argue was not his fault. Uh, One was probably a a poor decision on his part. But all in all, when you look at the final stat line for Peyton Thorne after that game, you're like – Dude had a great game. I mean, at least – what we can at least say it for that week, right?
1: Oh, Kyle, there's a popular country song by Toby Keith um, that says, (laughs) "Uh, I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. Wow. Uh, And and that's where I'm at with this uh, because you're right. Peyton Thorne was a mere, what, 15, 20 yards away from being the first Auburn quarterback ever to have 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards in the same game. Folks, that that's more that's more times than Cam Newton ever did it, Nick Marshall ever did it, Bo Nix ever did it. a lot of good dual-threat quarterbacks that have come through Auburn. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said, I think we found something here, even though it's Sanford, I recognize it, we still had the interceptions. And uh, it was a solid stat line for Peyton Thorne. And as you said, a juxtaposition of what we saw yesterday in the A&M game, um, just the complete opposite, right? Um, yeah. And so, yes, I think that there were positives we were all feeling after the Sanford game, and uh, they might have come. We all came back to Earth a little bit yesterday.
0: Sometimes we, in the Auburn experience and this roller coaster ride, we feel like just as quickly as we fall, we can rise back up because it's happened before, as we'll talk about in the final segment. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Final discussion tonight. Auburn versus Texas A&M. We had quite an interesting game. Well, it probably wasn't interesting. It was more frustrating than anything. The Tigers fall by the final score of 27 to 10. Uh, We've obviously broken down the feelings and had our therapy session on our post-game live stream on YouTube. And boy, did I get what I expected out of that a lot of frustration some founded some very irrational and again as i continue to express to people if you're not willing to say things to someone's face don't be posting it on social media and on a youtube stream don't be that guy don't be that lady that's just not the way the auburn family is supposed to work i'm gonna get off my pedestal for a second here probably gonna be probably gonna get back on it a little bit throughout (laughs) this segment but let me let me just put this out here folks there is no one here austin myself making any excuses for what happened against Texas A&M. Absolutely atrocious, disgusting, was frustrated. The coaches are frustrated. The players are frustrated. No one is happy with that game. There's a difference between understanding how you can be frustrated with something, but also understanding context. Let me understand what context means. Context means that you understand that this team has gone through two years of transition that it never should have gone through to begin with and never should have even happened but yet, we had to have something new and had to have something different. And so when we don't get that, when the time when we want, we throw hissy fits. Just like because Bo Nix was the worst quarterback ever. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And now, lo and behold, we want him back. We wish we never got rid of him. So I know I just made a lot of people mad with that little bitty rant, but it's been sitting inside here. And all my good feelings that I've had going on behind the scenes finally just like let loose there. <laughs>
1: yeah well you know you've had some emotional moments here lately for whatever reasons and yes and that, people okay. are like it's screaming
0: like- will you quit alluding to that we will talk about it at some point it is just not <laughs> appropriate at this moment
1: they you know the thing we talked about how Peyton Thorne's numbers against Samford were were or was it against was it just Samford or was it you know I think uh, yes I think you can say there was a point to where yes it was Samford and some inferior competition. Um, I also don't think, you know, I think we're looking at two ends of the spectrum here where Samford, yes, anybody who can we, who, what power five team shouldn't be looking like that against Samford, what quarterback right. shouldn't be putting up back numbers against Samford. On the same vein, I don't think Peyton Thorne is as, as bad as we saw him against A&M. Right. Let's, let's not forget Peyton Thorne, yes, a two year starter at Michigan State, a team captain. We, the SEC, will use the, the catchy phrase and we'll make them a few more dollars, it just means more. And there's a there's a part to where a and, when you go into A&M, a team that has a ton more talent than you do and a stadium with that many fans um, and a team that is still finding its bearing with new play calling, um, they're still meshing together with their own relationships. Um, something like that, that bad can happen. I think that, you know, Hugh Freeze has been very honest about where this yep, team is has at and where he has seen them and the talent gap, um, as well as where Peyton Thorne needs to be more consistent and improve. And I think Peyton Thorne would agree with that. Um, when you have three quarterbacks that combine for 56 passing yards, something's not good um, all the way around. And so um, it's a gut check for a lot of Auburn fans. Uh, but I think if, if we're being honest with ourselves, a lot of Auburn fans, that, that's from some expectations that were never supposed to be that high in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if, you know, I don't want to just give it all and say we should have been listening to Hugh Freeze all along, but who knows how his t- team situation better than anyone else is him. And I think yeah. that he has repeatedly said the talent gap's not there. We know we're going up against top recruiting classes year after year. And that we are going to have to get there at some point and we will get there at some point are his right. words. And, but we're not, and that's going to show in this first year. So yes, it's frustrating. I said it pre-show before we decided, before we started recording, I think a big thing that frustrates a lot of Auburn fans is that we're going on close of a decade to the same stuff. We're just seeing offense that's struggling offense. That's a lull uh, you know, this, and this is side tangent, but it, relates sometimes in my thoughts of Auburn Kyle I sit there and I wonder I'm like do I would I want to go back to when we just had no defense but we could outscore anybody or we would you know rely on the offense and just come out and you know that 2014 year where we're we're trying to beat South Carolina by 45 to 42 just because the defense can't stop anyone with a heartbeat and it's like no we would be frustrated at that too then right it ebbs and flows and so um Right now it's the offense and it's been the offense for several years outside of a couple bright spots. So mm-hmm. you and I are in the agreement that this is going to take time. Any coaching change is going to take time. Right. I think that Auburn was probably right to go ahead and move on from Brian Harson because yes. trends looked bad there. Yes. Like we Auburn did not give him the time, but also it didn't look like even given the time, I think you could make a Arguable case that that was not going to work out. Hugh Freeze is going to have to have time, and I yes. think you're already seeing, based on recruiting, that there are more positives here. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. And yep. and unfortunately, while it would have been really great to be going into Georgia four zero and having already an SEC win at College Station with a team that you were, you were hoping you were more even against, uh, that wasn't the case. And so Auburn has offensive questions yet again and uh, it it's it's gonna take a lot of patience this year, I think, Kyle.
0: I don't know how I could have put it in any better. I should have let you just open up instead of me going to my rant. <laughs> I said what we're feeling, or I'll speak for myself what I am feeling. You said what is the correct way to go about this. I know it's frustrating, folks. I'm just I know it doesn't appear like I get accused of being a Pollyanna a sunshine pumper. You know, by the way, if you accuse me of being a sunshine pumper, you're accusing me of being a positive person. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> take a take a really hard shot there, Kyle. I don't know how I'm going to get back up from that insult. <laughs> but I'm just saying, folks, we have to learn to look at context and to be patient.
1: You asked yep. for
0: this. The collective, not all of us, the collective though, which I am part of, said we wanted change. Boy, did you get it. So, yep. sit back. Write it out. And just be patient. Now, about the quarterback play. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, we talked about Peyton Thorne had a great game against Sanford. We talked about um, how awful it looked in this last game here. I actually agreed with the decision to bring Robbie in, as much as I don't like to switch quarterbacks in and out. Because when you're getting that much of a pass rush from Texas A&M, and for whatever reason, the offensive line just wasn't getting together that game, you got to have a more mobile quarterback. And as even as mobile as Peyton showed, he was against Samford. We know Robbie is the athlete of the quarterback room. So why not put it in the hands of a guy that's got the best chance to escape, to make plays with his legs, to you know run on the run, make a play, even with throwing the ball. So I didn't disagree with the decision to pull Peyton. In fact, maybe we could have made an argument that could have happened a little bit sooner. I think there's a lot of people too, that look at Peyton look at Robbie and say, why is Holden not getting a chance? As we've told you before, folks, if they're not playing the amount you think that they should be playing, there's a reason behind that. The coaches have 150% of the information. We have, I always say 33%. It's probably less than that. And I think Holden is an outstanding quarterback and outstanding thrower. But there's a reason that Robbie gets to play more in their payments because they have earned it. And if you don't like that, tough cookies. Sorry. Yeah. I mean you can and, just deal with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if you want to be brutally honest, Holden got to play. Holden yeah. got to play when the game was still intact. It's not like the game was gone at that point. It was still a two possession game where Auburn had just gotten some momentum and Holden Garner comes in. And and it's not like it, you know, the momentum continued. Uh, you know, Holden made some good throws, and had some chances, but it's not like he moved the ball any better than the rest of the team that day. Sure. Um, so that's where Auburn's at right now, and and it's up to the coaching staff to figure out, excuse me, with the hands they're dealt, how to best compete for Auburn. Um, that does not get easy with the schedule coming up, such as life in the Southeastern Conference, <laughs> but it is their job to make sure that Auburn can get – they give Auburn the best chance to be successful and to win these games. Um, no matter the circumstances. So um, we'll have to see uh, that, you know, I think we just need to continue to stress patience. If if you were expecting 10 wins this year, I'm sorry. You know, that that was, <laughs> that was your own
0: fault. I'd like so, to also show you Bigfoot. If you were expecting 10 wins, correct. This season. Like, as a, as, as a legitimate reality, Was it a reality that's I think Bigfoot's a possibility, but someone's not been able to show me a ounce of credible evidence yet. Like that's impossible to disprove. So if you can show me impossible to disprove, I know I'm saying that backwards, uh, evidence that we could have won 10 uh, wins this season. It was possible. Unlikely. I think we all just need to take a step back and just realize, hey, boys and girls buckle up i'm gonna use somebody who's never mind kyle back up back up back up back it up back it up back it up anyway uh patience and you know maybe to round out this thought on texas a&m i feel like we're kind of alluding to this i don't want to put words in your mouth do you feel like saturday was more of a just everything went wrong that could situation. And we looked a lot worse than we actually are. Or do you really think that there are just problems that have to be addressed and we're going to take time to address? I mean, what is your gut telling you about this team? Are they as bad as they looked or is it fixable, yeah. more fixable?
1: You know, I, I don't think they're as bad as three quarterbacks for 56 yards. Like that, that's a level that has not been hit by Auburn in quite some time. And I think it was a combination of things. I, I, you know, when I say the talent gap between Auburn and A and M, I'm mainly talking about the recruit le- recruiting level. A and M's not you're not going to see A and M in the top 25 today. You're not mm-hmm. going to see A and M. There's a reason for that. Correct. There is still issues on their side of the ball, and I think Auburn was just hoping to you know see if that gap was a little more closed than they hope than they thought mm-hmm. um, outside of just the talent on the field as far as recruiting level. You know, if that game is in Jordan Stadium, what's it look like? Who knows? The fact of the matter, it wasn't. Um, but Auburn has a chance the rest of the way to see where they match up against the rest of the teams in the league. And I don't think that they're going to, you know, be f- three and nine this year um, with only Vanderbilt and – or I know that would be the rest – of the, losing the rest of the way out. You know, there's, there's wins left on the schedule for this team, no matter okay. where you think they're at right now. And especially as they continue to gel and get better, and this coaching staff continues to see what they work have, um, so I don't think they're as bad as they were Saturday. I think a lot went wrong, but I think A and M was just better, if we're being completely honest. So um, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it's it, it's sad and it's unfortunate, and I I sympathize with a lot of the frustration. I do too. But at the same time, um, oh, I don't want to go. We don't have to. We don't have to. Say the things we're saying. So, I want our quarterbacks to be bodacious too, but they're just not. What <laughs> Kyle?
0: Black. I wasn't ready for that one. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't ready for that one. Uh, I was. I was gonna use our old famous phrase. It didn't have to be this yeah. well, way. So this it this is what it is. It. I'm just. I'm. I'm dancing on a razor's edge. A, a, I can't even talk on a razor's edge. Tonight. <laughs> That's how like up about this i've been uh for for quite some time patience saddle up folks it's still great to be an auburn tiger when you believe it or not and there's still plenty of season to sit back and enjoy and maybe maybe with a little bit of hope you might see a little bit of magic come out of the hugh freeze era even in year one that's going to do it for episode fifty-one. We finally got it in the can after a few weeks of the Auburn Experience podcast. If you want to catch up with me, you can do so on X. I guess we're officially saying it now uh, at Kyle Loomis twenty-four. I'm sure there will be plenty of opinions about what I had to say. So hit me up there. Let's talk about it if you want to. Where can they find you?
1: <laughs> Austin G Scott on just about anything. Um, yeah, go after Kyle. I'm I'll sure. take it. Happy to talk with you. Um, I'm sure you've already gotten some reactions to things you've posted. I, I haven't gone back to see how those are turning out for you. But uh, for not, you. not as
0: much as you think, but That's I good. think I think some people are realizing. They're, I'm not saying I'm all knowing here, but I think there's some sound reasoning in some of yeah. this stuff. So let's just let's just leave it there, and I'll probably say one less thing before I get myself in further trouble tonight. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. So we talk to you again.
1: War Eagle. War Eagle.